Hello, and welcome back to the Puck and Roll podcast. It's our first time back in a while since we recorded one of these, uh, and that one has had a few delays in getting posted, but... It's not getting posted. It's too late at this point. Yeah, I, I think, think... it's time I to think, give up on that episode. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but uh, we are back, and uh, we have an actual really fun episode, episode today. So I, I released my my March update to my rankings today. And uh, we're gonna discuss some of the players that have moved a lot in those rankings uh, of mine, as well as some other guys that, 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 that we have watched a lot recently. So I know Josh has watched a lot of Matthew Wood, for instance, so we'll definitely touch on him. And we also have some Habs topics to, to cover with Sean Farrell currently playing his first NHL game where the Habs are currently losing one nothing to the Philadelphia Flyers, and um, and we have a few other guys such as Adam Engstrom, Rafael Harvey Pinard, and Michael Pozzetta that we kind of want to at least touch on a little bit. Michael Pozzetta, of course, being the player who just did the Tiger William, William Selly and who Aaron wants to extend for eight years at eight league years minimum for eight years like league minimum baby, make it happen, Ken Hughes. Which doesn't make sense from a ha- from a hockey perspective, but in terms of I, entertainment, you should see my NHL twenty three teams. All of them have guys signed like eight years, eight hundred thousand, which is not I, a good I, strategy. I, I signed Sean Farrell eight years at one point one two five million. Yes, that's smart. That's that's a smart gamble to take. <laughs> that is an intelligent thing to do. And honestly, good segue. Let's start with with, with Farrell. So. Farrell's uh, college career has come to to close. Uh, He just had a tremendous junior season with Harvard. And uh, he's what, I I believe he's top five in the NCAA in in point production, or at least points per game. Hobie Baker finalist. Hobie Baker finalist. Uh, He really ended off with a bang. And I've only watched one period of him in the NHL, but he's Because he's only played one period in the NHL. Yeah, that that was the indication of it, uh, oh, yeah. considering that we're currently in the second period of that game. But <laughs> but uh, I've liked what I've seen so far, and he's going to have to work on his skating to stick in a top nine NHL role. That much is obvious. He's going to have to add some lower body strength and likely also just keep a lower center of gravity in, ter- in order to win more puck battles and gain leverage. But those are fixable things, and his his intensity, tenacity, intelligence, and passing ability have already had some brief but bright flashes in this one NHL game, which I really like to see. So, what are your guys' thoughts on on Sean Farrell, both as a player right now, but but also more in terms of a projection for his place on this team moving forward? I I love Sean Farrell. He's Actually, I have to change it because I made a tweet like this morning. My top 10 Habs prospects that weren't in the NHL. And Sean Farrell's in the NHL. And I, I put him fourth. Oh, wait, did I put him third or fourth? I put him third. And he's just, there's so many special elements in his game. He, I mean, he's so smart. Like he's, he's, he's a guy that would have gotten his Harvard degree anyways if he wasn't playing hockey. And just the way he thinks the game even though he's undersized, even though he's not the fastest, even though there's a lot of little things he has to improve, I'm not surprised that he's already fitting in well in the NHL. 
And actually, he was supposed to play with my boy Michael Bezzetta and uh, Alex Belzil tonight. But uh, then last minute, he was put into the top six, which uh, is pretty nice. Yeah, I think Drew and Gurianov are uh, perhaps more complimentary to his yeah. style. I, I made such a killer tweet, though. I was like, move aside 63, 37, 88. The new perfection line is here, and it's in Montreal. <laughs> uh, I'm keeping my expectations realistic for this season because this season is a mess. Uh, I just hope he doesn't get injured like every other player not named Suzuki on the team right now. Because Raphael Harvey Pinard just now went down pretty hard from the looks of it on that goal. So, uh, but like the problems with his game are fixable. That like he can gain lower body strength easily if the training staff focuses like knows how to I mean they're the training staff they know where to focus and how to do it if they could get that centered and good then he's like the sky's the limit top six pretty easily Uh, I don't know like bona fide top line for like a Stanley Cup contending team I feel like he could be probably more of a second line guy but still a very good one and that's on like the top tier of the league kind of stuff rather than like now he could be top six for sure as and I'm he not, is now you, you yeah. gotta thank Mark Bergevin great t- great picks a couple yes times. P- picking p- picking Jack Smith uh and Blake Biondi over Sean Farrell in the fourth round that year uh but hey we got Sean they were, Farrell. Look, they got Sean Farrell, but they did work. They, they they didn't actually have like like I remember like like the post draft interviews in 2020, and and they and, and a journalist asked I think Timmons about like okay wait, so, so why why did you let like um, like Minnesota's Mister Hockey Blake Biondi and, and 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 Chicago star Sean Farrell drop and instead pick Jack Smith who at this point was a nobody and who hasn't quite transcended that, that, that label uh, three years onwards. I mean, wasn't he ranked and, like 43rd and, and, in your 43 and, and prospect? Well, and, and Timmons just said like, well, we just really, really couldn't pass up the chance to pick Jack Smith, which I've gone back and watched draft year footage of Jack Smith. Um, I'm more than happy with Sean Farrell instead. And uh, <laughs> look, I, I ranked him 30 third or 35th overall in 2020 which i think is a take that's aging quite nicely considering he's made his nhl debut now and uh yeah i i also audibly cheered when the habs picked him because i was like oh wow this guy's awesome and then cole caulfield tweeted steal and then he stole my thunder and and now now we're here so uh, oh yeah he stole your thunder oh yeah of course it was, it was, it was only me I, I was the only person hyping up sean farrell ever yeah no no one else like like imagine that imagine if caulfield was like Jack Smith, Steele. How would that have aged? Well, I think it would just indicate that he he, he may not be a, a scout in the making. But but now, considering our sample that we have of Cole Caulfield's scouting takes, and Jordan Harris's too. Jordan oh my Harris god, I knew you were going to that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like genuinely good analysis, like Harris better than you hear from some. I ever could. Like that was that was actually more like 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 
pertinent analysis than you get from some like NHL head scouts in post draft interviews. And um, where it's not necessarily it, it, the thing is, it's not necessarily an indictment on on the scouts' abilities. Just like post draft interviews are often very surface level, where the team doesn't actually go into depth on why they picked certain players. Uh, but but yeah, J- Jordan Harris is just smart, and Sean Farrell is too, and I like both of them a lot. And we love Jordan Harris on this pod. In one yes, year, Jordan do. Harris has just become like the most likable guy in the NHL yeah. at this point. Yeah, like, he's awesome. He's, he's amazing. Just like a, he's just a genuinely good person, and it's like, oh, yay, he's so nice. <laughs> yay, there's one. There's one of them. <laughs> you have a nice person to cheer for. It's a but ray of sunshine in this ray of sunshine, godforsaken season that just won't end. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I I'd argue that that Raphael Harvey Pinard also always gives gives me like reason to smile. I think I think he also yeah. just exudes good energy and and, and the thirty one uh, year old rookie Alex Belzil makes me smile. Yes, 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 Belzil as well, but. I mean, look, Harvey Pinard scored his first career hat trick on on Saturday. Which, uh, Josh, I'm not sure if you knew this, but but I called it. I called the hat trick before the game. Like I was tell, tell the story. Yeah. So so well, well, well me, Aaron, and, and Hadi Kalakesh uh, met up at like Casual Ball uh, at the Bell Center because uh, I, w- I went back to Montreal for the weekend and. Uh, we we watched the game against Columbus, which was a great game to watch at the Bell Center. <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, at puck drop, I was like, "Guys, we need our game predictions." And my prediction, I think, was like a five-two Habs win with a, a Harvey Pinard hat trick, and they won eight-two with the Harvey Pinard hat trick. So I think that don't, was. Uh, don't forget, I said we would score eight goals. I said it would be eight-seven no, Canadians. No, he said eight-seven uh, Columbus. Oh. I, Uh-oh. I'm challenging I, you. I, I, th- I think you're right, but just for the sake of the podcast and to make myself look better. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. It yeah, was 8-7 eight, 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 Canadians. Yeah, well, I, I, also, I also said Mike Matheson hat-trick and not the age as well. But I'm pretty sure he had a hat-trick of assists, so you just didn't yeah, specify what I, type I, of hat-trick. Yeah. Gallagher is his third goal in three games. I uh, will have to I'm settle not, for I, seeing m- Cole Coffey. My stream first. is slow. <laughs> And by the way, uh, uh, I don't know which one of Sebastian or Adi said this one, but who who said Gallagher wasn't NHL caliber anymore? Oh, Adi, that wasn't me. Okay. God no, God no. I, I was like, mean. he's old, but when when he's like not injured, he's definitely like at least bottom six. <laughs> like, like he's like a Pizzetta level player. I think he's better than Pizzetta. Like, how dare you? Him over he's playing Pizzetta. like genuinely good hockey right now. Like, like, like beyond just scoring goals, yeah, he's no, actually he really tilting is. the ice in the halves in the halves favor. Like, actually, like, you're absolutely if, right. If he, can, if he can play like this, he is a middle six winger, which hurts a lot less on that contract than a fourth line winger. So, Pizzetta six get. times six and a half. <sighs> and this is why you hire. Aaron Idovich to be your GM in NHL teams. Please do it. Um, I, I'd love the the chaos of that signing. I would yeah, everyone but he's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> the flowing walks. Oh, I will I, settle for seeing Cole Caulfield's first NHL hat trick in person and the 10 goals for Gee. That's my so we were I, my hockey there? night. Well, yeah, that was that game. That was my first uh, Bell Center game ever. Damn. It was yeah. my best Bell Center game ever. 
That was fantastic. My, actually, no, that's not true. The first game of this season against Toronto winning. That, that was sick. That was a great game. That's solid. That was a sick game. But my my best ever NHL game uh, was against Minnesota in 2019. Uh, and it was the game where both Victor Mete and Nick Suzuki scored their first NHL goals. Nice. And it was hype. Honestly, for me, such a weird one. The best NHL game I've ever seen was Tampa versus Columbus. Yeah, Tampa versus Columbus in in Tampa. Yeah. And the like, look, I'm not going to pretend the Bell Center isn't the best arena in hockey, but there's something amazing about a bunch of people that don't actually know anything about hockey and they're just having the time of their lives. Because, like, like Columbus scored a goal and there were people, like, cheering because they just heard the horn go off and it was exciting for them. And, like... That's fun, I, though. I, I, was, I was in a row with, like, three other people and we were, like, hugging each other and high-fiving after every goal and Tapa scored seven of them. So, like... That's fun. And the lightning thing? Oh, my God. Like, they have actual lightning in there. Yeah, the Tesla coil. Yeah, yeah, like I, I'm such a fanboy for the Lightning. I I I hate I hate them so much, but like those two games I saw, I was Lightning fan. I was a Lightning fan. They're like the two uh, the two best teams for in rink shenanigans. Yeah, Columbus has got the cannon, and uh, I I hate Tampa's the got cannon. the coil. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. something. You got to give them something. I mean, look at their yeah. team. Johnny Gaudreau signed there to win. <laughs> I didn't come here to lose, Johnny Gaudreau. Worst team yeah. in the league. No, they're not the worst team in the league. They I are guess 31st. not. I'm I'm very uh, excited to, to to see Columbus save the franchise by by drafting Colby Barlow for Okay, yes. <laughs> no, but 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 like they like, like genuinely though, Columbus drafts very well. Like they they'd they got the I mean if, if they end up with third overall. Draft, if, if they end up third overall, because they just they, they just double down defenseman last year, so to be going. Do you forward, think they take Mitchkov? I could see. It. I could I actually see, them going see that Carlson. Uh, they need a first line center. Carlson, yeah, yeah, Carlson, possibly, yeah, probably Carlson. Actually, like honestly, I'd be surprised if if anyone but Carlson went third. But if we're talking fourth, then I think you get some more interesting possibilities. But I, I think Benson, I'd be surprised if anybody but Carlson Benson. goes third. Unless Carlson goes second, well, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's more likely he goes second than he goes past third. I'll put it that way. I think I think there yeah. like there is a better chance that someone passes on Fantilli for Carlson. And then I also think Reinbacker should go like fifth overall. Oh yeah, like, like if Reinbacker is available at eighth, I'd be very surprised. So um, that would be, I, I guess, one one benefit from the Habs perspective of of. Uh, if if they end up getting a worse draft pick, uh, there might actually be a better chance that they they're, end up going to be like, like Mitchkov. Fine, like genuinely though, if if you see like, like the draft go, I don't know, Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Barlow, Reinbacker. Oh, Benson, Reinbacker, Barlow, um, Danielson, Daniel. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And then, and then I think Daniel choice Dvorsky of Dvorsky, Moore, Smith, uh, Mitchkov. I like those options a lot, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, like uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the, how the draft actually does go. 
Uh, I'm so scared. There's a, there's a, I oh, would... It's gonna be it's gonna be franchise defining. I I, I yeah. do think that that this draft will really be a strong indicator as to how good the Habs will get with this group of players because yeah, it's such a strong draft and they have two picks that are likely top fifteen. Like this, I don't think is, we pick with both of them, but I think they do. I think, I think they, they do. I, I hope I they, do. they do. I mean, uh, unless you trade the pick for like an established. Top four young right shot defenseman, Pierre or maybe a guy like Carter Hart. Like maybe Carter Hart. I, if that's I don't think Carter. I, I wouldn't pay Carter Hart. I want to pay a first for Carter Hart. I want to pay a hard first. Well, also Hart. especially because like Philly wouldn't have the leverage in that in that situation. Because like, like look at, I I'm not one to go off numbers, but look at his numbers. They're brutal. No, for sure. But I, I'm I'm trying to think of like who the Habs would actually spend a, a 50th overall pick for because uh, Alexi Lafreniere. Yes, they would. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's that's the guy. Is it? Like I I I don't know if New York does that though, because like 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 the Rangers are trying to compete now. What use but, to them to move Lafreniere for a draft? He's pick? an RFA. And what money do they have to keep him? He's not going to charge. He's not going to cost anything. Like, like in terms of, of, of like a bridge deal, like three year bridge, two million done. Like, or, or two and a half or three. Like, it's not. They don't even have that big kind of wiggle room. But you can move people. Like, 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 like come on, you, you're not going to trade away draft. Lafreniere because you don't have three work. million dollars. Like, like, like three million, you 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 free up in a heartbeat if it's for a player that matters to your franchise. Um, but but no, it's definitely going to be a very interesting draft just to see what direction the Habs want to take, right? And and maybe in the offseason that they go out of the way to, to acquire a guy like, like Dubois, uh, with, for better or for worse, I guess. But, yeah. uh, but I would but be... Yeah, it's, it's feeling likely. I don't know. We'll, I don't know. we'll see, I guess. I'd be so much more confident in this year if David Reinbacker did not exist. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. it's like... Oh, I just have a, such a bad feeling about that fifth overall pick and where Montreal might end up. It's like, because we, you need to win the lottery. It could be nothing, like, but... I think the alternative possibility would be flipping that 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 Florida first-rounder for a right-shot defenseman and then going with the forward at five. I think that would be a very typical Kent Hughes type of move where, like, yes, like in terms of talent... If you're picking fifth overall, you pick a forward. Like, like, yeah. Like, I love Dmitry Simashev. He's my top defender in the, in the draft class. Am I picking him at fifth? No, I'm just, I'm not. I'm going to pick Mishkov. I'm going to pick. I wouldn't Benson. be against him at five. You're going to, you, 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 would, you would pass on Mitchkov and Benson? No. But like, if we end, if, if they go you up pass to on the Carlson? stage. No, absolutely not. But if they go up to the stage and they see Dmitry Simashev, I'm not going to be that disappointed. If they go up to the stage and say David Reinbacker, I'm going to be really disappointed. Well, yeah, I'm not saying it's worst case scenario. I'm just saying, like, if you're trying to maximize the value of your pick at fifth overall, you're you picking take forward. Who, uh, yeah, you you take and Zach not Kessler. one and and not a Slovakian forward at fifth overall. I think not a not a European forward unless he slides past three. I think. Well, I mean, oh wait, no, Mitchkov, Mitchkov, Mitchkov. I'd take. Yeah, yeah. Mitchkov's gonna slide. I to forgot about Mitchkov. Three. I, I think. Was, I was yeah. like, I was like, I was so fixated on Benson. Yeah, I, I love, love Zach, Zach Benson. Benson. He is Zach the Benson, most fun to watch in this. Draft I think for me, I think like obviously discounting like Bedard Fantilli. 
I think Benson might be the best like organizational fit for the Habs. Like I agree. He he just brings so much to the table and he's he he just controls the ice. Like, like he he just constantly driving play. He's constantly the fulcrum of every single sequence. And the Habs need that type of player. We have finishers like Caulfield, right? Like I think if you can have a line, like if you develop Benson as a center and you have a first line of Slavkovsky, Benson, and Caulfield, oh, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. And then you have so, like a Suzuki, Doc, someone else line. Like it, there's a lot of possibilities there, but that would be fun. Yeah, that's why I'm not Throwing. too worried about them winning the draft lottery because if they go four or five, at least, at the very least, one or two of Benson or Mitchkov will be available. Yeah. And if they take it, it will be a slam dunk home run, and I'll be yep. so happy. I'll be so happy. But also, a five Rhinebacker will be available, and Marlow, and that makes me scared. So back I mean, to the RD conversation, yeah. how would yeah. you guys feel if we traded for Suzuki's best friend and Morgan Sean Frost? Murphy? Oh, mm. kind of like that, huh? Not for 15th no. overall, I don't... Uh, LA Kings he, has, like, the most he's insane all, RD pipeline. He's all-out offense. Like, like, he's all-out offense. I'm thinking the player... best friend is Morgan Frost? I, 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 I don't know why I linked those. I, 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 know, I know they were friends, but, 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 but him and Dursey actually are our best friends. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, like, like, like Dursey's all-out offense... The defense is a question. I can't think of he's, any RDs like in the league. Like, he's not a guy that I'd be targeting as like the future, like, like the right D of the future, especially if you're looking for a partner for Hudson in the future. I think Wait, if, if is he's, Logan if, Stanley, does Logan Stanley shoot right? No, I think he's a lefty. Uh, um, I, I think Dursey would be a very good partner for a guy like, like Gooley. Like, if you can run like a Hudson somebody. Then Gooley, Dursey, and Harris Barron. That is nice. That's solid. That that would be a really nice defensive core. Uh, but you're still missing that that one more defensive inclined piece yeah. on the first pairing, which is why I'm I'm I, I've just accepted the fact that the Habs are likely to end up with Reinbacher in some way, shape, or form because he fits their needs so like, perfectly to a T. Being like not only that he's like a very strong defensive right shot defenseman, but also just the, what the Canadian, what the Habs value in terms of being European playing against pros, having a strong physical game, great showing at the world juniors, right? Like the Habs love those types of players. And uh, he, he checks off every box, except in my mind, the box of actually projecting as a top pairing guy. I think, I think Reinbacher is going to be a, a, a player every team in the league wants and would love to have on your second pairing as the more defensive guy. Yeah. I, I I don't really see the offensive upside. He's not more insider. Uh, he, he's a he's a decent enough passer. He's not a great puck carrier. Uh, he has subpar handling skill, hard shot, decent enough shooting habits. Like he d- doesn't just shoot by default. Uh, he will get like to the high slot in order to shoot rather than. From the, perimeter, from the perimeter, which is all really good. And look, I bumped him up to 18th overall on my board. Like, I, he he was at, like, 26, 27 for, like, a solid, like, 
three months. Yeah. Uh, but but he's climbed up in the last month, uh, ten spots to eighteenth for me. And I, I I do like him. He's a good player. It's just the question of relative to who else. And would I would I pick Reinbacher over guys like Mitchkov? No, I wouldn't. No. And, and 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 I think that the Habs shouldn't either. And uh, yeah, I think I think I think uh, the Habs will end up with him. Uh, and I think he's going to be a good player for the Habs for a long time. Uh, I just okay think okay. You're you're making me feel too there. real. You're you're talking about him like we've already drafted, developed, and like put him in a jersey, given him a number. I'm meant mentally. I'm there. I'm gonna be honest. Mentally, I've been there for months. Um, I, I don't take feel him. comfortable with our 40 minute walk back to the hotel in Nashville if we dropped a Ryan back on the first night. <laughs> <laughs> if they take him at 15, I'll be totally okay with it. 15 is great. They, they won't. He just wouldn't be available. Be available. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I, I'd be surprised if they fell to like eight, let alone fifteen. Yeah, but because like every team wants him. Because look, he's he's, he's the hot he's smooth commodity. Sk- he's smooth skating, big, physical, European uh, right in terms of defenseman. playing against pros. Uh, right shot defenseman uh, did well against Canada specifically in the World Juniors, and has been scoring at half a point of game pace in a pro league. Like that's if that won't get you drafted top ten in the NHL. Uh, nothing short of Bedard level things will, but I mean, he even got like a like crystal probably is going to dr- uh, drop past 10 and he's uh, if it weren't for Bedard and Benson, Oh, he, he'd be breaking records. So uh, yeah, I, um, it's going to be an interesting first round this year. Uh, but I think so, uh, let's actually just like focus in on, 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 on a few guys Um and let's start off with Matthew Wood. Uh, so, so Josh, you want to talk about, about Matt Wood, right? Uh, and for those who don't know, Matthew Wood is the youngest player in college hockey right now. Uh, and he's been producing at a better point of game pace uh, uh, this season. And he's been, he's been very, very good for UConn. And uh, I, I, I honestly, he has been growing on me. Like, like, like he's been a steady riser on my board. He's up to 34 for me. Uh, what he, I think, was closer to like 50, uh, if you'd ask me around December. And and it, the shot is really the, the big thing with him, isn't it, Josh? Yeah, you would not know that he's the youngest player on the ice by looking at him. He's six foot three. I don't know how much heavy he is, but he's 193. a big 193. Guy. Yeah, he's a I big guy. Yeah. He is very noticeable on the ice and that extends to his puck skills he's got a fantastic shot he's a pretty good passer from what i've seen he's able to see him make some really good seam passes really good high danger like front of the net passes on an assist i saw in a game that i watched against i can't remember at this point but um the real big problem with him is the skating he is yes slow as molasses and it is and... really subpar like it, it's it's like in terms of like, like, like how i grade tools like i, I with with dauber I, I i kind of like constructed like a a a tool assessment like grading system uh between one and ten uh is the scale where one is like not even like echl caliber and 10 is like top five in the nhl and what uh, and where five is like just average like third line or number five defenseman like just bang average, 
Uh, Matt Woods skating for me, it's a 2.5 grade, which is well below AHL standard, which is not good. <laughs> um, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not exactly a strength. It yeah, it's not a below average thing. It's am- actively hampers almost anything that he does in the game, and watching him on any sort of fast break is just painful. It's like when you see guys that are at the very end of their shifts after like killing a penalty for two minutes, trying to get it desperately down the ice, but he just jumped on the ice and is trying his best out there. Uh, The skills are there. If you could get any sort of speed out of him, he'd be well worth uh, early second round, even late first, possibly, if you think you could work with him on it. Because the shot's great. The vision, offensive IQ is really good, really there. And, and he's young as well. So that's those are all big pluses. It's just, if you could get that skating to average, it's just so painful to watch. Like, this was, I always think of, like, back to, like, 2010, LA Kings, smash him, grind him down hockey. He'd be perfect for that. He can make his way into the offensive zone and sit there and grind people to a pulp and then blast a wicked worcester past the goalie like it'd be perfect for that but the game's so fast now i think it's hard to see him making an impact unless something big changes in his skating game yeah i'm not sure i'm I'm as pessimistic in terms of his projection uh with the skating because I think what's what's key with Wood is that he's very aware of his skating being a limitation. So you're never going to see him trying to win races. Yes. But it it, it goes beyond that. Also just like his actual, like, like play with the puck where he's not going to try to get around guys, but he's developed and actually quite an interesting delay game upon entering the offensive zone. And, and he knows how to actually deceive his opponents and beat them with a pass because he knows he can't beat them with, with, with his feet. And and there's been this like learning process this season because last year he's playing in the BCHL where he was basically out skating his opponents and uh, he could do whatever he wanted. And when he hit the NCAA, which was a massive leap in, in competition, he just didn't know how to play his style of offense, but he's actually been adapting really well, especially over the last like two or three months in my viewings. And, and he's gotten to a point where if I, if I'm a development, like a head of development for an NHL team, I'd be looking at, at Matthew Wood as a genuinely interesting bet on skill yeah. and, and, and tools. He's still going to go higher than where I'm, where I have him ranked. Like I have him ranked 34th. He's probably going to go in the 20 range, but I can understand why that pick is being made similar to a guy like, like Rutger McGrory last season, who went like what? 14th to Winnipeg where I had him ranked like similar, like 34th. And I saw that pick and I was like, I don't hate it. Like, like Rekha McGordy was the same thing. Very smart, wicked shot, uh, awful skating, like God awful skating, but he was also going to Michigan and I was banking on Michigan. Just, uh, and there's also, there's the existence of the trigger man in the NHL. Like just yeah, because but, he's but, not but, but, filling the role he, that I want in a prospect. I would disagree. I would disagree on that on, on that actually, just because like the trigger man is just such a small power play role. 
And, and it's just it's just a minor power play role where unless you are genuinely elite at it, which I don't think he is, like, like, like he's not like a Cole Caulfield or even Arthur Kaliev level sniper where where like you can actually like that can be your identity and you can get away with it uh, more so with Kaliev than, than, than Caulfield on that. But yeah, because it's just it, it is a very limited role to just be a trigger man where like you have to be like like 38 year old Ovi to get away with that. Right. Where where you it has to be just a genuinely dominant skill and wicked as a shot is I don't. I don't see it projecting as like that, like top 10 in the league shot that can, where you don't even have to do anything else to earn your money. Uh, because also he, he's adapted a more, I guess, interesting and complex offensive game recently, which to me makes him a lot more interesting as a prospect. Like uh, he but, could easily have a Kirill Marchenko style stat line. Yeah, the, the nineteen and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Sebastian guessed perfectly last week. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the same he night. Was on such an it was my night. Yeah, I just, I just made great predictions and guesses uh, oh that God. day. Where Johnny Cadrill was a yeah. minus twenty nine on the season. Well, yeah, he Magic played for Columbus. In the air. Jeez, sixty seven and seventy though. That's insanely impressive on Columbus. Yeah, because he's a very good player. He's <laughs> um, all they got. Yeah. So I could see why I'm a bit more pessimistic because I didn't, I haven't followed so much of that rise, and he's just not yeah. the type of player that I'm very high on, like that. Which makes sense. Shot. Yeah, yeah like, I'm totally he, there that it's my personal opinion, but yeah, I just and, and, question I mean, his like, ability. Like genuinely, like, like for me as well. Like, like, like yes, he's written, he's risen from like 50 to 34, but. I mean, he's at the top of a tier that goes from 34 to 41. And you could pretty easily convince me to take anyone in that tier over him as well. Like, I, it, it's a really strong and tight draft class where, like, I, I have guys ranked as low as, like, 60 who I'd, at the very least, be, like, super interested in developing. Like, someone like, like Cam Allen, has he had a good season this year? No. No. Would I be intrigued in drafting him in like the late third round? Oh yeah. Like like there's something there. It it hasn't been very visible this season, but there's been some really nice flashes and and the tools are very strong, right? Where where it's just a very strong draft class to have players like that available so late. Yeah, uh, where where's like like last year was a very harsh cutoff for me at uh, between 54 and 55, where the draft class just dropped off like a, a ton. And I'm not seeing that same drop off until like 80, like, seven, like, like 75, 70 ish. Like, like, like there's a lot more guys that I'd at the very least be really interested to work with uh, and, and develop into something fun. Uh, and, and one, one of those guys that I, 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 I hadn't actually really discovered until recently uh, is, is Anton Wahlberg uh, who is playing some really, really good hockey at the SHL level as one of the youngest players available in the draft class. And he's a lot of fun. He's, he's six foot three, 185. He's very big, but he's a plus level skater, uh, excellent handling ability, 
he can go end to end. Like I, I, I think with with Wahlberg, the really interesting thing there is just the skill. Like the pure skill with Wahlberg is 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 really really fun. Aaron, what, what what's your take on Wahlberg? What's my take on Wahlberg? I mean, yeah. Actually, sorry, I'll pronounce it like you for the day. Wahlberg. I, I pronounce it however you want. I, I don't know if I'm doing it right. Uh, yeah, he's just he's a very very complete player, and I think it's absolutely incredible that. He's a forward. He's six foot three. He's 193 pounds. 85. 185. All right. And he has a twin brother, which which is so cool. I love twins. And his twin brother is five foot ten, 148 pounds, and a defenseman. Which like yes. I'm grinning ear to ear right now because that's adorable. And look, with Wahlberg's <laughs> game, you're getting another one of these guys like OFM. That's just so complete and that's going to be available in like the second round. Maybe. He's a very, very like late riser right now um, because and he's so young. He's, he's only been playing the SHL until re- like recently. And that that's really when he's been popping off, but he's just such a quintessentially NHL type of bet to take on a player like like i wouldn't be shocked if like the detroit red wings picked him in the first round or something like yeah because they they know what's gonna turn out yeah and 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 the wings are just very good at drafting swedes and and i i i wouldn't be surprised at all if he went in the first uh just because his mold of player just generally just gets drafted very high but but if he is available in the second round, I think I think you'd do so much worse than 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 picking him. Like uh, his his goal scoring ability is also really intriguing to me. Um, like the hands, the the physicality, just all these tools that are just so much fun. And he's he's a bit of a rare player that at least at least in like my my eighteen to twenty six range of the draft, who combines high upside with high floor, like. Valberg, if he hits, like really, really hits, you have a top six skilled center who uh, brings the puck up ice, like is, is dominant in transition, uh, just tails the ice in his team's favor in basically every facet of the game apart from high danger playmaking. But even that we've seen some nice flashes of. And that's the kind of thing that can be taught. Exactly. And, and, and he has a great fallback game because he plays a, an intense game. He plays uh, really solidly defensively. So if he doesn't, if that skill doesn't elevate him to that top six role, he could be a bottom six center as well. And I think that having that fallback game is also quite valuable because you're, you're ensuring that, that well, not, not, not fully ensuring because there's nothing that's, that, that's a hundred percent guaranteed. Uh, especially, especially in the second game. round, most likely. Exactly. But, but at the very least you have a strong likelihood of a solid NHL piece. And if you're getting that in the second round, Ooh, that is a, that is a solid get. And, and yeah. And I I also just always like, one of the reasons I I got really excited when I, when I first started watching uh, Wahlberg's SHL tape, like I watched like one junior game of his earlier this year uh, and, and wasn't quite as taken by it as I was by the SHL games. But one of the fun things with like discovering a player that you then have ranked like top 25, like as late in the draft cycle as March, 
it just disrupts everything. And and like, as I watch so many players, it's rare that I, I I watch someone who then like skyrockets up my board like that. But but he did, and I just I love it. It brings me joy because it's like, oh, here here is a gem that only a few people that I saw were really hyping up, and, and now I like him a lot, and it brings me joy. Uh, so so Volvar is a ton of fun. Uh, and, and I, I think is, we'll do a, yeah, sorry, go your, ahead. Your, your Wahlberg is my Simashev. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, like Wahlberg could, like, he, he might become, like, one of my guys in the draft that, like, I just, like, champion, uh, to a fault. Like, uh, I, I know you I, have Simashev. I, I, I have Pinelli. I know. Like, I, the, but, the Simashev effect, where I ranked him 11th overall. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I saw some people putting him at, like, 10, 11, 15. Yeah. Oh, get, it makes me so happy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, but yeah, like, like, like last year, I had a ton of guys, like, like Frank Nazer and Lane Hudson, who I would just, like, I'd run through a wall for, basically, in terms of, of, of championing their, their, their cause at the draft table. Um, and, and this year, there's a lot of guys I love, but... I don't know if there is a, as many players where where it's just that like I guess uh, just innate innate love for how they play the game, but I think Ballberg might, might be one of those guys that 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 rises to that to that level by by draft day for me. Um, but but yeah, and I think I think first we'll do a little ad break, but when we come back, uh, I think we'll start talking about Samuel Hanzek. Uh, who plays a somewhat similar style to to Valberg, and I have them uh, ranked back-to-back. But Aaron, take it away. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot on even bigger payouts, DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. I don't think any of us could have really guessed the Final Four, but uh, they're set, so watch out for that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I I think it's pretty insane. I don't think there's a single like college grid bet that actually worked out. Like not a single person was able really? to guess the uh, I mean March Madness. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's like it, it's like literally like one in a trillion odds or something like absurd. Yeah, like, yeah. But like none of the top three seeds made it. Yeah, for like the yeah. first time ever. Yeah. I yeah, cannot I mean, they... name a single team, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I, guessing I mean, them beforehand, knowing them now, I have no idea. I mean, you got to love sports and unpredictability, though. Like, it's, I don't know, it, it's something beautiful about sports and, and just, like, little underdog stories. I don't know. I, I love it. I, I love underdog stories. Like, for sure. Watching the Habs beat Columbus. <laughs> No, we I actually mean, weren't the underdogs. Yeah, we, were the, we were the favorites for once. One of the rare occasions. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Like uh, back back to to Samuel Hanzek, who I don't know. Sa- Samuel Hanzek, I, I just 
had a, a, a thought pop up very randomly in my brain. Uh, he just gives me Buffalo Sabres vibes. I'm going to leave it at that. He just, yeah. for me, he just feels like a Buffalo Sabre and they would love him and Yuri Kulik together. Uh, but <laughs> like if those are your two middle six centers working forward, that's that's solid. Uh, but I was saying Hansak isn't even a center. He's a left wing. I'm so tired. I don't know. Hansak isn't tall enough for the Sabres. Cause no, like, he's, he's only, he's, he's only six, four, Bay, I know. Thompson tuck line, which is six, 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 seven, and six, four. And oh, he's not taking out. Hansak's six, six, four. He's six, four. He's big enough. Uh, tuck is from <laughs> Buffalo though. Yeah. He has the, 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 the hometown kid, two inch bonus. Yeah. Right. But, but, uh, yeah, so Samuel Hanzek is a guy that's that, that that's risen up my, my board a decent amount in the last in the last month. Uh, I I liked it a ton uh, when I first started watching him in December, and I I just cooled a little bit on him in my second and third viewings. But but I watched him twice now in the last month, and both have been really really good. And he he's interesting because he's very 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 like well rounded. It's very clear that he is a pro player playing in a junior league. Uh, last season, uh, he was playing in the, Slo- in the Slovakian pro league, and he scored more goals than some guys called like Simon Nemetz and Philip Meshar or something. I don't know. Not, not sure if you've heard of them. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, still, N- Nemetz is known for his shot as well. So I think I think that that's that's fair enough. And he's a year older, but. Uh, but but yeah, so 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 he he played last year pro, and then this year he's in the WHL, and uh, he looks like a man amongst boys because he's big and has a lot of pro level habits already in his game, which uh, makes him just a very effective player with the puck on a stick in the WHL, which may I guess uh, not represent his actual skill level as closely as with other cases, but. He's fun. Uh, he has very good handling ability. Uh, me and Aaron disagree on the shot. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I just um, haven't seen enough. Yeah, which is fair. And uh, and and there, there's some nice defensive ability there. Uh, he's really good at weaponizing his reach uh, and, and, and creating separation from opponents. Uh, he regularly establishes inside body positioning uh, against even opponents that are his size really effective around the net front uh the the passing ability is come and go when he scans for his passes they are quite accurate uh but the actual like like the scanning is a bit inconsistent he'll he'll pre-scan well on like retrievals and stuff but on actual receptions uh if he's being passed the puck when he's in motion he often doesn't scan quite as well so there's definitely some kinks to, to work out in his game but but he's really fun, and and I would be shocked if a team were to reach for him in the top ten. He has that that mold of player as well, right? Of, he, he's he's a, big. Like, I say this local. all the time because it's my favorite thing, like ever. Now, he's a horse. Yes, he horse he's, Samuel Hanzek. He's Slovakian a big boy. horse. He's, he's a Slovakian horse. Yeah, he's he's kind of smooth with it. Like he is. No, he like, with the puck on his stick, like. Like he has a, like really plus level caliber hands. Like, like his, his handling yeah, he ability has the is hands. strong. And I like one of the most deadly. And, duos and the in skating, the, the the edge work is great yeah, too. The, like the eva- the evasive skating, where yeah. you're able to protect the puck like that with those hands. If yeah. you can figure out how to pass consistently, he's dangerous. He is. He is. Like he, he's a very very interesting prospect, and 
And I, I wouldn't be like, like, I wouldn't do it, but I could understand the reasoning behind taking him. Maybe not top ten, but like like ten to fifteen. I could at least but like he, he would have gone top ten in twenty twenty two. I think he would have. I wouldn't have picked him top ten either, though. I don't think like like if you if you if you give me Samuel Hanzek or like Noah Esland, I'm probably still going Esland or Hanzek or like I don't know like like moment to get to Hanzek versus Lekonaki. Yeah, but so, I, I, I like Karamaki down at 26. I, I am ranked oh 26 God. overall. I, it doesn't look like that bad of a take. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like, like guys like, like, would I have ranked him over Lane Hudson? I don't think I would have. Uh, Jagger Furcus. Okay. Probably. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think, like, maybe, tw- like, like, 12 to, like, 16 would have been the range on my board, personally. I think that would have been a more comfortable range of like anywhere between Matthew Savoy and oh, I'm forgetting my 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 draft board from last year, but whoever I had ranked like around 16 or 18th, I had Joachim Kamel. I think that that would be the range. I think that that would be the the 2022 range. And this year, I mean, look, I, I have him ranked 22nd. Um, now uh, I, I the rankings I published, he was 21st. I, I swapped him in Wahlberg after I published those. But but I have him ahead of guys like like Barlow and Jaeger, uh, so I, I I like him. He's 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 really solid and yeah. and he's he's a very safe bet to be a, a solid middle six player. Uh, so and I think I, he's more I, complete yeah. than Jaeger and uh, Barlow. Oh my uh, yeah 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 like definitely more complete. I think Barlow's, I think Barlow's an NHLer more, like now. But... Yeah yeah, but Bar- Bar- Barlow's like like refined in terms of like he has his identity and like. I mean, like, I'm still partially okay convinced that Kobe Barlow's like an undercover cop. Because, the, like, the facial hair is like very impressive. Uh, I can't quite grow that level of facial hair at my ripe old age of 20. Uh, I mean, so... you, you've, you've seen the best of my facial hair. And it was last week. Have I? <laughs> that, that's the best it's going to get. Like, I've seen my, my brother and my parents. I am not <laughs> going to have a, a beautiful, bushy beard at any point. I'm not gonna have a a mustache like Josh. Oh, yes, it's it's the beautiful mustache. What I would do for that, honestly, you miss <laughs> the the glory days of the full beard, though. Yeah, it like, was it was a glorious beard. I'm finally I, 18, and like I have to carry two pieces of ID because one isn't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually almost thought about shaving off my mustache a little bit ago no um, there's a very specific reason for it because i was um out working and uh someone commented nice uh austin matthews stash okay and there at that there. point yeah, I was it's, just gone. Like, it's gone there <laughs> which i think is insulting i don't think it looks like austin matthews now now i need to know austin matthews and be like nice joshua rosa stash exactly yeah. Not even that. You you have like a trucker stash. It's a cool stash. I don't know. It, <laughs> it has it has more character. It hurt. It hurt. But yeah, I that's... pulled through it. D- did the person like like did did you know them or? Oh, no. not at all. No. Oh, some some random passerby. So they they, they probably meant through as a compliment. Stabbing oh, me I'm in sure the heart with. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Damn. I do live in Ontario, so. Yeah. That. that doesn't help things at all with toronto no it wouldn't it would uh, not 
going back on topic for Hanzik, I think his biggest hurdle for me is that I will forever get him mixed up with Phil Pronick. And for yeah. in the next like five years, I'm going to be bouncing between the two and have no idea who and they anyone's both play talking in about. Right now. Yeah, it's just. Yes. Yeah, they, they do both play in Vancouver. This is yeah, because of that fantastic trade that Vancouver made for Heronic for no reason. I mean, like, look, look, like, it's not a bad trade. It's just, why did Vancouver make that trade? Like, exactly. At this if it was time, just it, the first, I wouldn't have even minded it. But, or even if it, it looks like, like the if it were a make different team making that trade, I'd be like, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Vancouver, it's like, Vancouver, you're meant to be like, like, you just you just sold off. You just sold off uh, Bo Horvat. Like just yeah, take, and then, take, and then they go ten to an zero. They're ten to an zero since the deadline. I know they're like the hottest I, team in the league, and they're I know they are. everything. I, I, they're second to LA, who've just been like ridiculous. Ten zero and two. Yeah, they've they've been on a, on a tear, like genuinely a tear. Yeah. But but yeah, I think like one other player that 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 I guess. Fits the mold that, that uh, of the guys that we've been talking about as as very big and coolsy is uh, Quentin Musty. Uh, Josh, I know you have a soft spot spot in your heart for Quentin Musty. So, uh, just tell us about Musty. The best way that I could define my my relationship with Quentin Musty is that I don't think that there's anyone in this draft that have more question marks about whether they will project to be a great NHL player, but that I want to be a great NHL player more than Quinn Musty. Cause if he hits, he's going to be like so much fun and incredible. He's his hands are like great. He can stick yeah. him around pretty much anyone you've put in front of him. He's got a good shot. He's, like solid in every way and again he's just slow and it's been a tiny bit since I watched him but just like it's the skating and sometimes the reaction speeds and just reading the play he could just be that step half step behind where he should be to be like great to be able to either pull off something that he wants to do or just seeing a seam pass or being able to skate up the uh, fast rush. Um, It's just that half step behind. And if he can make up that step, half step mentally and physically, he could be like really special and fun. The question is, is that going to happen? Which I have question marks about it, but I really, really want him to work out. It's his name's great. If he so works great. out, he'll be like amazing. I, he'd be like one of my favorite players in the NHL if he if he hits. He's like right up at the top there for me. I love him. I his tools are amazing. Know, I just yeah. don't know if it'll work. It's I have so many questions and it taunts me because I'm like I just really want it to but I can't just ignore my doubts about it but I'm really interested in what will happen with him Um, again you throughout maybe Buffalo might be an interesting place for him he's a big guy he fits that mold 
I could see him working at Buffalo. I really, he's like the guy that I'm going to follow probably the most after this outside of the obvious ones. Yeah, of course. But yeah, but yeah like, like Musty is a fascinating case study for me this season where I keep going back and every time I watch him, it's just like, wow. Yeah. The tools are all there. Like if, if he hits and there's no guarantee that he hits, as, as you said, but if he does, there is dangerous. There is a, a dominant top six forward there. Uh, I'm still not sure whether it would be at center or the wing. Um, I, the games I've watched happen on the wing mainly, but, but I, I've seen a, a bit of him at center, which I've liked. But but doesn't matter. I, I, regardless of position, there are very few play. I, I, I'm not sure there's a single player that I have ranked outside my my top my top ten really that has better like a better collection of tools than than Quentin Musty. Like like okay, Otto Stenberg, maybe Axel Sandin Pelica, maybe. Ryan Leonard, maybe, but but there are very, very few that that I, in my view, compare to, to to Musty in terms of just pure and like just like raw skill and 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 yeah. and upside. Like the shot is so heavy. Uh his passing ability is so impressive. Like his assist tally this season has been ridiculous, but it's more just the fact that he finds some of the smallest openings in passing lanes and hits them. There are other passes where it's like a couple feet away and and he misses on them. But but like yes, he's 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 raw, but he's also very young for the draft class. So it makes sense that yeah. he's raw. And and this is a bet where it's like, yes, it, you're taking a risk. I think Musty would make a ton of sense for a team like like the Habs, even if it's if it's their second, if it's the Florida pick. Like if they pick a guy like, I don't know, Adam Fantilli, if they get the second overall pick and they pick Fantilli. Uh, second overall, you can take a risk with your next pickup, and Reinbacher wouldn't be on the board, so they could go with whoever they want there. And Musty would make a ton of sense because yes, it's risky, but you just got Adam Fantilli. You can take a risk, and they have to have a great development team. I think as long as Musty lands with a team that develops players really well, oh, I think I, Adam Nicholas could make Musty dangerous. Oh my. That that is my thing. Like, if you have Musty working with Adam Nicholas, Mario Saint Louis, and Philippe Poulain, oh boy, like that is that is gross. Like he, he'd, I know, I given all yeah. the, he'd have like that that runway to work with, and because he's so young, I don't know. Like I think I think he's he's a really intriguing prospect. But but yes, Josh, as you mentioned, there's a lot of question marks there. Like he's raw. He's he makes mistakes. He's not consistent. There are question marks, but it's a risk I'd be more than willing to take uh, in, in the mid first round, because you don't get that many opportunities to, to pick a player who could genuinely be a top six point of game guy. If he hits and yeah. musty could be that. I have like some weird insider info with musty because for some reason, everybody in the hockey world that I know knows Quentin musty or knows somebody that knows Quentin musty and wherever he goes, he will be a fan favorite because apparently he's like the oh. funniest guy out there. Super nice dude. And I know that he's going to win over some teams in the interviews. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes like top 15. 
I'd love to see that. Like, it's always fun to see to see players that make their mark based on interviews. Like, I know Vincent Rohrer did that with the Habs uh, with with their draft interview. Though I know the Habs love Vinny Rohrer for like the entirety of the draft cycle. But I, it but looks he, like they were really, kind of right. So it worked out. Yeah, yeah. look, it's, like, it's hey, good that, taking that was, the youngest players in the draft. Like, uh, there are definitely worse strategies out there than betting on like the the June, July, August, September right? guys. Oh yeah, like. And it's also just wild, like like looking at like the actual like like birth dates of uh, of draft eligible players, like just how concentrated it is between November and like March in terms of birthdays. It's weird. It, I it's, swear, it's, there's more athletes that are born in like the earlier, like the late well, months of the year. It, it's specific to hockey with with how hockey like developed players, and because the cutoff with hockey is typically always like 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 January first or December thirty first, right? Yeah. Like in terms of like like, like oh, yeah, the okay. actual NHL draft, but like, like in terms of like the youth hockey situations and stuff, right? And and because of that cutoff, it it just disproportionately benefits uh, players that are uh, a either older who just are are a year older at the age of seven. Of course, they're going to win a, like a spot on a team ahead of a kid that that's a year younger. But but it, it's also like. With, with 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 players born in like January and stuff, we have a, a longer development road in those in that, that beginning of the hockey stages in the first like like, like in like double A triple A hockey, uh, where where the January birth dates have have the bigger advantage, uh, and and that's always very very clear on on draft lists where it's just like oh another January ah ooh a November ooh nice yes yet again and. And just June, oh, July, no, wait, August birthdays are so rare. July, like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 always few and far between uh, with with the 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 July, August, and September birthdays. But that was just a bit of an aside. But but yeah, like like Musty, I think is just like there are many reasons to take a bet on to take, to take a swing on Musty, and I'd I'd love to see an NHL team do it in in the mid first round. I think I think if that happens, it would be much deserved. But uh, yeah, kind of fun. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm always going to be a proponent of, of swinging on tools and, and upside. All right. And the last player that I have uh, written up for, for the, 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 the scouting segment of the, of the episode is Gabe Perot, who is the third member of the elite NTDP line of Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, and, of course, Gabe Perot. And he's going to be the last of those players drafted on draft day which i think he should be uh but it's he's so interesting because he is a genius on the ice he's tremendously intelligent uh he's undersized but always in the right place at the right time he reads play better than probably anyone on the ntdp this year uh even got a guy like oliver moore i think I think Perot might have him edged out in that in that category. Uh, just constantly finds open ice in 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 the offensive zone. Really effective as a a, a I guess a fulcrum of an of an attack where he distributes the puck. He lets his teammates carry it up for him and and do everything. And then and then he'll be around for the decisive pass or shot uh, to to end off a play. He's he's not the guy that that that, that you want with the puck on his stick circling the offensive zone exactly, but he's very, very effective as a junior player with that. The big question mark with him is the combination of 
he's small he's quite weak physically and he's not he's a he's a subpar skater like his skating i think it'd be a miracle if it got to any to nhl average at any point and that is a combination of 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 flaws that is just very very difficult to overcome and And very very hard to not think about like he's gonna fall really i mean well the thing is i i don't know just how far he's gonna fall purely because of like the level of his production this season with the ntdp where at some point a a team like like carolina is just gonna pick him at like 40th overall and say have a good day we're happy with this uh, because it's betting on on the production on on undersized player would be a very Carolina pick, but but yeah, I, I have no idea where it'd go because I wouldn't be shocked if he went in the first round. Like this is this is an NTDP guy. He leads the team in points, just like Isaac, Isaac Howard did last year, and he he, he fell like what thirty first uh, to, to to Tampa. So it's possible that 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 he drops to like the the late second, though I. I'd almost be surprised uh, just because of the situation he's playing in rather than... But were you surprised the... when when Hudson fell to 62? No, no, because I think teams will be a lot... Uh, I think teams True. are more hesitant to pick... Defenseman. Yeah, I think size is definitely more valued for, for defensemen than forwards. But uh, Gabe Perot is interesting. Like He's super risky to pick. Very, very risky. There's, there's, there's zero guarantee you're getting an NHL player there. But if if his brain really is at the level to compensate for his lack of physicality and skating, you might get a really, really, really fun complimentary top six piece uh, who kind of just like masterminds every single attack that he's a part of and finds space better than the vast majority of NHL players. Like there, there's definitely an interesting piece to be had there if you develop him well and if his tools bring him to that level of play, but it, it is risky, but I, I have my first round now. Uh, I was really hesitant for the longest time to do that um, because uh, for the longest time my read on him was this is Jordan Dumais, but I've gotten to the point where I think that his, his actual brain is just like his, his hockey sense is, is a couple tiers above Dumais where I'd be a lot more comfortable picking a guy like Perot in the 30 to 40 range than a guy like, like Dumais. So yeah, I think, I think Perot's interesting. He's fun. He's Dumais certainly leads the queue in points that he does. And, and, and everyone dunking on people that because he is, I think are missing the point of why people were low on him. Like no one doubted that this is a very good QMJHL player. The question is, can he translate it to pro hockey? But, uh, but look, again, I, I always hope that players prove me wrong. Like, like I, I repeat this a lot, but, like, I'm never going to see, like, oh, this player is succeeding. How do you feel about that? I'm never going to be like, oh, shucks, I was wrong. That, that sucks. Like, good on that guy. Like, you proved me wrong. I can go back. I can learn from this. I can see how you overcame the hurdles that I identified or if you even needed to in order to, to reach the NHL. So it's a learning moment for me. But it's also like I'm never gonna be mad that someone is achieving their dreams. Like, like that that just isn't isn't a thing for me. So I never really got the concept of dunking on someone for 
I guess, like not being as high, as long as it wasn't like, like, like a vindictive, like mission against the player and their draft stock that I think is, 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 is easier to condemn. But if it's just like not being as convinced by their on ice capabilities, I don't really get the concept of dunking on people for that, but, but yeah, I think that, that, that concludes my, my scouting segment, but I've got a quick question. Please, please. Related in any way to Habs legend Matthew Perrault? I don't believe he is, but there's definitely oh. some hockey lineage there. Uh, Honestly, he, living in Quebec, he's the father. He's the father of Yannick Perrault. Yeah, he's he's the father. Sorry, son. A <laughs> former Hab, Yannick Perrault. Uh, oh, Perrault. Yeah. Between between 2001 and 2004, uh, he had a 27 goal and 56 point season with the Habs. So. There is a Habs connection there. So I do remember not, that, yeah. Not Mathieu, but Yannick. So the, the, the different one. Uh, but on that note, Josh, I think the floor is yours for everyone's favorite segment, this day in Habs history. On this day, the year of our Lord, 1973, former Canadians goalie Jacques Plant recorded his final win, a 6-3 decision as a member of the Boston Bruins over the New York Rangers. Best known for his time as with the Canadians, but that was just 10 years of a nearly 20-year pro hockey career. Plant also spent time with the aforementioned Rangers, Bruins, St. Louis Blues, Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Edmonton Oilers while they were still part of the WHA. Plant routinely suffered from asthma throughout his career, at one point collapsing on the ice after Doug Harvey scored the series-winning goal in 1959. Plant was also well-known for popularizing and innovating the goalie mask, but he also uncovered a manufacturing error that made the nets in Chicago, Boston, and New York smaller, therefore giving the goalies an advantage. After slowly Diminishing returns in Montreal, Plant was traded in 1963 to the Rangers. Habs fans didn't need to worry too long, though. One player in return for Plant was in the doghouse for joining a proposed union and was sent down to the minor for two years. One, Lorne Gump Worsley. After re-entering the big leagues, Gump would win four Stanley Cups and two Vezina trophies. But the big days for ex-Montreal Canadiens Goldies didn't stop there. Patrick Waugh, now as a member of the Colorado Avalanche, after being traded along with former captain Mike Keane for Andre Kovalenko, Martin Ruchinski, and Jocelyn Thibault. Yeah, I know we all know those names, but what can I say? I'm a masochist for bringing it up over and over again. He recorded his 506th win, combination regular season and playoffs combined, and NHL record at the time. He retired with a combined 702 wins, a total that has only been matched and beaten by Martin Brodeur with a whole 102 more wins. But in a possibly more important category, Wa still reigns supreme with 151 wins, almost 40 more than Brodeur, the only other goalie to break 100 career playoff wins. And speaking of beloved Montreal Canadiens that have fallen from grace, well, Maybe not beloved, but fallen from grace, sure. Happy birthday to Jonathan Drouin. Drouin was born on March 28th in Saint-Agathe-de-Mont, Quebec. And I hope I pronounced that right. 
we may as well transition it to March 29th, where another former Habs goalie break broke another milestone. You remember Gump Worsley? Well, as a member of the Minnesota North Stars, Worsley won his 300th career game over the Oakland Seals in 1970. Much like Plant was lured out of retirement to play with the expansion St. Louis Blues, Worsley was lured out of retirement to play with the Minnesota North Stars. Worsley retired with 335 career wins and remains the 26th most winningest goalie of all time. Oh, yeah. And in 2000, Patrick Waugh became the first goalie to win 30 games in 10 different seasons when he and the Avalanche beat the Oilers 3-2 on March 29th. And finally, we'll end off this segment with a little suggestion. On this day in 1985, Maxime Lapierre was born in St. Leonard, Quebec. Lapierre scored one of my personal favorite Habs goals to be scored in my lifetime on the 10th of May, 2010, in game six against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's out on YouTube. Look it up. It's great. Thank you, Josh. Uh, We always love these segments. And I think that's actually the perfect note for us to to end the episode on. Uh, So thank you both for joining me on, on, on this episode of the podcast. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning back in after a bit of an extended break. Uh, uh, which th- there were some some outside circumstances that, that caused yeah. that but but we're, we're back now and uh getting ready for i guess it was kind of now the the final sprint of the draft now the next couple months where yeah things are well, really we're not gonna have up. playoff coverage to do so no we won't but we're gonna have like playoff odds and lottery simulations and uh, mock drafts to get through and that's all gonna be really fun and and laid back and chill which i'm looking forward to but definitely lots to look forward to in the upcoming months and yeah on on that note thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next week She hears the road, and I bet she's pissed off enough to pick herself up a pack of smokes. Even though she don't flip a quarter, roll the dice, it's lit, or it's a ride. One's going my way, and one's here on a highway. Heads it's headlights, headed home, tail left off again. It's tails it's Me. Tonight it's looking